Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of words, recorder of videos, and tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the DM Roundtable for February 2021. This is a chance for patrons and I to get together and discuss topics in tabletop RPGs. By sharing our ideas, thoughts, and experiences, we can all become better DMs or GMs. The DM Roundtable discussions are open to all patrons at every level of patreon.com slash Rogue Watson, you don't even have to be an active participant. You can jump in here and lurk to your heart's content, and we're glad to have you. Shoutouts to Platinum patrons, Joe, Well, Tiny Dancer, Manuel, Wizard Princess, Christopher, Star Loverly, Thomas, and Ldugs92. Gold patrons, RPG Papercrafts, Charming Grenade, Dogs Barking, Pretty Boy, Anima, Marcus, Dead, Vicente, Gilberto, Adam, Dead Lizard Lounge, Sam, Arash, Lumpy Spuds, Drone, Fatboy619, Scalia, Nick, and Farty McButterpants. Thank you all very much for your support. This month's topic as determined by the Patreon poll, is experience, XP, or EXP, usually XP. One of the most coveted of rewards in RPGs, yet tricky to deal with uh, in D&D, which only supports XP as a reward for defeating monsters and enemies, which is definitely going to be the topic. Joining me for this month's DM Roundtable, we have Sam. Good morning. Good morning. Farty. Hello, everybody. And special guest... You know him as Mr. Mannix, you know him as Kalinar, and you know him as our occasional excellent DM, Chris. Hey, sir. Hello. Sam, you were here first, so I want to know your thoughts on experience. Do you use, uh, first of all, the rules as written, where you just dole out experience from defeating monsters, or do you use a different method? So, uh, as a DM, I have only ever done um, milestones. I've, I've never oh. used the actual system of XP. I've played in a campaign where we used XP. But yeah, I've never used it myself. Um, I just prefer, like, both of the, the campaigns I've run have lasted 18 months, two years plus, and are still going. So. Oh, wow. If, if I'd been using XP, it probably would have out-leveled the story. Um, <laughs> so I, I found it better to sort of slow things down and control when things get bigger and when I need to change up the enemies and encounters and all that sort of stuff. So I, can, I have some control over the sort of the difficulty. Yeah, I, I would think I think I would agree with you, Farty. Um, what are your experience methods for your games? Um, I, I have used XP before, um, I'm using milestone now. Um, my challenge with milestone is I think you level up very quickly, um, off the start and then people get used to leveling up quickly. So they're always asking, when are we going to level up? And I, <laughs> like all of a sudden you got superheroes and you're like, okay, slow down. These, these monsters are, you guys are destroying everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've already the, the power creep problem in D and D too. Chris. Interestingly enough, I know you've used a combination, yeah, as have I. Yeah, I've, used, I've done both. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's, there's bonuses and drawbacks to both of them. I think, uh, which actually I have a question at the end of this, is that is there really no errata or anything written down anywhere about XP as a reward for other things other than combat? <sighs> That's a good question. That must be written down somewhere. I (laughs) I can't imagine it's not. Yeah, I mean, I didn't fully do my homework uh, for this Uh, session, but as far as I'm aware, they've never... And what's what's weird is you think they would have added... numbers around it, but yeah. Yeah, you think they would have added something in like a Xanathar's or the Tasha's where it was like, hey, if you want to do... If you want to give out rewards for quests or 
skill challenges or, or social encounters. Like, here's a guide to do that. And as far as I know, they haven't done that. Right. Here's Is my there... problem with, with the way Dungeons & Dragons, the company, does XP is that they, they have these mechanical number-based rules, but then they make these campaigns that have assigned levels per section of the campaign. Mm -hmm. So they're cheating. They're saying, like, okay, use use number XPs, but also level your people up whenever they get to this point in the story. Yeah. Which is basically Milestone. Yeah. So it's kind of like... It's like, like they're just... At this point, they just suggest Milestone, I feel like, too. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's real tricky because it's so much of the balance is, is level-based in D&D. For sure. That's, that's how the DM is able to calculate like what he should do, how much damage a trap should do, how much damage a monster should do. All that's just based on how much XP your players have. So, yeah, you know, when that changes, is yeah, that's a big deal. And what Farty was saying on the, the superhero problem um, about the power creep is a huge problem in D&D in general and I know some people like to run more like hardcore challenging games but D the 5th edition at least specifically 5th edition is very much geared towards um like power fulfillment and making your heroes as powerful as possible as fast as possible and very quickly probably starting at around level 5 they start getting real strong and I mean it, just the fact that you can leap off you know a 30 foot building and survive like no problem <laughs> like normal people right. can't fucking do that normally you know medieval style and fantasy adventurers normally can't do that but in D D, you absolutely can like you are just so right dang you strong. think about what's 3d6 what is what is what is that what is that average uh 3.5 damage a dice yeah yeah so if you think about at level damage. one you could die jumping 30 feet off of a building yeah at level five it's maybe half your health maybe uh, not if, even if, that, dude. If it's a, if it's like ten hit points, it, like well, yeah. If, if it's like really good, it's it's yeah. So yeah, really quickly it becomes like oh, I sprained my ankle jumping out of this thirty foot building. <laughs> I like uh, full damage being capped at eight d six, no matter how far you fall. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I use I've I've done both. Obviously, when we started doing D anD just did it as written because that's what most people are going to do they're just going to play it as written and i think it worked out okay in like fandelver um and then when we got to princes that's when i started having hacking together like a homebrew xp system where i rewarded experience for completing quests and i based that on like uh, like certain like encounter levels of of encounter, you know, they they calculate if you face this many monsters, it's this kind of encounter level rating. And I gave that to somehow I calculated that to uh, different quest rewards, and that seemed to work out okay. And generally, I think everybody was where they needed to be, but also the whole time you're thinking like, gosh, this this would be easier if it just leveled people up when they entered that area. Right, and the you problem to worry is about you're, it. you're just sort of you're inching your way that direction anyway. With yeah. that, like, yeah. okay, well, instead of uh, you know XP as as a function of just you know sheer what you've done, now it's an it's a function of like okay the the different ways you could solve a problem. Like, okay, yeah. you finished a quest. Here's some XP. Oh, you role played that. You didn't kill anybody. All right, here's the XP you would have gotten for killing them. You know, whatever. I think 
But the way you buy when you start making those delineations, you're still choosing when they level up, essentially. Yeah. Because you're choosing when to give them the numbers and when Just not to. milestones of extra steps. It's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I think, you know, they have not done a true open world adventure. And I'm, I'm not sure how many people actually want that in a tabletop RPG. I think a lot of people would, would rather have, you know, more focused storytelling. And frankly, <laughs> running an open world RPG from a DM point of view it seems like a fucking nightmare especially on a virtual tabletop where you have to like prep that stuff but that would be the scenario where i think you could do experience where it was more like literally com- like a you know zelda breath of the wild or something or you know skyrim or one of those where it's like maybe there's a main story but also you can just go around wherever you want and thus you can kind of make your own path and get your own exp- like that's where i could see rewarding experience as being something that you wouldn't want to do milestone wise because at that point there is no like i don't know where they're going to be at any one time right versus how pretty much all of the adventures are designed in fifth edition which is by chapter (laughs) it's like here's chapter one then you move on to chapter two then you move on to chapter three and each of those chapters is like hey the player should be this level when they get to this chapter and like sam just said like you're just doing milestone with extra steps if you're like okay well i need to get them to this level by this chapter which means if they've gotten there already, oh shit, I need to cut back on con- content. And if they haven't, oh, I just need to throw some random encounters on there. And that's the other problem is that experience in D&D, again, I, I believe, somebody in the comments can maybe correct me, but I believe is only rewarded for defeating monsters. Which raises several it's, problems. It's, it's your hammer nail <laughs> argument at that point. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you know, the only way I'm going to advance is by killing things. So uh, therefore I must kill things. And how do you reward people for getting past a encounter that involves monsters that's not combat related? That's something that I ran into in Princes a lot. And something that made me motivate me to go to Milestone is like, well, why would your players want to sneak past this enemy when they get experience for killing the enemy. Now, the, for the DM solution is to say, well, I'll reward you experience, maybe the full experience, maybe half the, whatever calculation I want to use for sneaking past the enemy. But then you have to tell your yeah. players, oh, but then you can't turn around and kill this enemy because I just gave you double XP. Right. You know, That's it just right. creates, a, it creates a lot of weird problems like that. You can't double up, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's a, there's a lot of hacks you could do. Like you could, you know, you know, there's RPGs where if you like pick a lock, you gain experience. Or, you know, you discover a new area, you gain experience. You can go really crazy with it. And when I'm playing a video game, I love experience. Like, it's one of the best things to get. I love leveling up. I love getting stronger. You know, anytime there's an XP reward, I will I will go after that. It's why we do other things. <laughs> so it sucks to lose that in D&D. That's true. Yeah, and... and- if you are using XP as a number that, you know, there's, there's fun things you can do with it. One of the things that I think worked back in storm Kings, one of the things that I look back fondly of is just like, I'm going to do experience this way. It was just a weird, I forget what the encounter was. There were sinking ships and you guys had to just like choose whether you were going to help the people who were in the sinking ships, essentially on this Harbor. And I was like, all right, depending on how well they do and how okay. much stuff they pull out, how many people they pull out, I've got, I've got these set amounts of experience. I'm going to mm. give them at the end of the session. So it, it turned like a, a, you know, kind of skill check, problem solving encounter into a XP generating thing. Yeah. And so that's just cool you hacking you together. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
but and also there's that that there is that uh you know silent agreement between the dm and the players that if you guys know you're getting experience for just doing things in the world yeah you have the incentive to oh we need to save these people with these ships yeah versus that's... maybe if it was milestone maybe they'd you know maybe. you just be like well that's not related to our problem so we're not <laughs> even walking over there yeah you can't trust your players just role-playing to be good people it's like but right. we're gonna give you the which i mean that's also a video game background too is like you do things because you expect the things to give you experience like mm-hmm. you you're you know almost all these things are a quest or they become a quest or something or if i'm using a skill then i get you know rewarded in some way for doing that and not just the reward of like i helped somebody i mean in theory that should be the reward enough but let's face it we're playing a game we're trying to get stronger and progress uh and you could rule the fact that you are you know gaining experience is also you you know learning to be a better person but you're also gaining experience to be stronger and gain new skill points or whatever else you want to rule it as I'm not even sure that's necessarily a bad thing for a, for players to just sort of, if without having that incentive, that XP incentive, to sort of ignore things like that. Like, yeah, if you go back to your video game example, there's tons of video games out there where you do things because you're going to get XP for them. But if you sit there and think about it, I'm like, hey, I'm this, I just got done playing Horizon. <laughs> I, I'm this, like, you know, Huntress who's, like, yeah. saving the post-apocalypse. I just got a quest to assassinate some dudes. I don't like, like, this doesn't work for me as, as like, this character, you're sending me out to murder these people, but it's, it's a sub-quest, it's a quest that you get experience for, so I did it. <laughs> I suppose from a, a tabletop point of view, um, if you don't do the stuff, then there could be negative consequences. Yes. Like the, the sinking yeah. ships, if the way I would have it in, uh, as, as a milestone is that yes, you're not necessarily getting an XP reward, but let's say you're from the Order of the Gauntlet and they find out that you decided that you weren't going to help these people, what, what then happens? So you know, if, if you've got, like my guys, I have a, a paladin and a cleric in the party that are both working with the Order of Gauntlet. If they don't, don't do something like that, then there would be severe, well, there might be repercussions, right. and that's what they've got to balance. It's, it right. t- tends like, to be how I would... Um, encourage the, the With, correct without, without that xp whip just, yeah. Okay, yeah exactly you guys are role playing role player well, guys I, yeah I, I give them the stick rather than the carrot you know it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah Do I, the thing. I, I like that a lot <laughs> I, I think I, I come too much from a video game background and not enough from a rpg background in terms of thinking of the actual consequences the rewards in terms of having gaining like networking and connections to people and and also the other side of that which is Gaining the ire and possible enemies of people. I'm always thinking in terms of like no experience and leveling up and progression. <laughs> right. I suppose another thing with the uh, giving XP for non-combat encounters is who. So in, in a combat counter, it's pretty generally considered that everybody uh, contributes equally. You know, yes, the fighter probably doing the most damage, but the bard is helping the fighter do that damage, or the cleric is keeping them alive. So that right. they all have a an equal sort of part, but let's say you sneak your way through a dungeon with some traps and some monsters. Yes, everyone might have to do a couple of sneak checks, but the rogue is probably then disarming all the traps and finding all the traps and unlocking all the doors. So do you give all of the XP Mm. from all of those tasks? Do you spread that out equally? Or like, uh, I suppose that's probably one of the reasons why I tend to, to steer clear of XP and stick to milestones. It's that everybody will have moments to shine, yeah. but rather than rewarding each person individually, you reward them as a group. 
that, and that way that they all feel like they're working together all the time. That for me raises an even bigger question. Is it, is anybody here ever allowed asynchronous XP among your players? Yeah. Fardy, have you explored that at all? No, the challenge I have with that is then you potentially could have one character a level or two ahead of the others, and that sounds bad, right? <laughs> that would be horrible. Yeah, it just doesn't sound good for anybody. Yeah, I think one one thing, one challenge, the thing I like about XP is you know where you stand. So I know, you know, like character, the player knows. Okay, my character's got this much XP. They need to get to this to get to the next level. Okay, then I can get this stuff. With milestone, it's. I almost feel sometimes I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, let, bump you up to four. I think why not? It sounds good <laughs> right here, which just seems so you know so arbitrary. Yeah. Older editions of D and D, and I know because I'm just now playing streaming Icewind Dale uh, on the Let's Plays. Uh, they did have asynchronous. Well, t- they had synchronous XP, but the classes leveled up asynchronously. Oh right. Which I'd forgotten about. I think, I think starting in third edition they got away with that. I want to say, but in se- in Icewind Dale's second edition and straight up like thieves, it's like twelve fifty to level up, and you go all the way up to like a a, a mage, which is like twenty two hundred. It's almost twice as much <laughs> to get to the next level as it is a thief, which is would bizarre. They become, would they become stronger? Like. Is the power that they get from moving to that next level better than the other one? I don't like that. Might be. I mean, I haven't, I haven't analyzed it, but if, from what I can, yeah. from what I remember, mages definitely can get a lot stronger. So the idea is it just takes you a lot longer to get there versus the thief that kind of plateaus, I guess, more. But still, it just doesn't seem fun because you start off so extra shitty as a low level level one mage. You have like four hit points and one spell, and it takes you twice as long to level up as your right. thief who gets his like sneak attack all the time right off the bat. Like that's you know thankfully it's not the case anymore. But I have not encountered. It's too bad we don't have more folks. But I would be interested to see if if somebody did reward exp- experience uh, differently amongst the teams. I know like in some RPGs, like if you've got, um, I think it was like maybe the Wasteland games did this, where if like one person, you know, cracked a safe or something, you know, opened a lock, then only that character got the experience for doing it. So like you specifically yeah. only got experience for characters using their abilities. Outside of combat, I believe inside of combat it was either shared or it might have been per kill. So they did end up slightly differently. <laughs> it's even worse. Yeah, that might have. Yeah, it might have been shared. It might have been like when somebody died, everybody that was in the the fight got oh, experience right. shared. But I know outside of combat, it just anybody that used a skill, like if you disarmed a trap or something, then only the person doing that thing would get the experience. Yeah, sure. Wasteland had shared XP on combat and individual for skill checks. Yeah. I was just going to say that if you, if the challenge with that is, yeah, then if one person does part of it or, uh, you know, then everybody's fighting to get that, you know, that XP. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 I doesn't seem cooperation. What what happens then in in D and D is everybody starts relocking the door and unlocking it (laughs) and they just fucking stand there and grind out the XP. (laughs) Until we're like level twenty. <laughs> sorry, sorry, DM. This is the way it's gonna go. <laughs> this is where it's gonna go. Somebody's gonna stand watch. We're just gonna open and unlock this door a million times. Yeah, that that system obviously has some flaws. I do wish there was at least some system of for for people that don't want to use milestones. I do feel like that's kind of where everybody's 
heading towards, if not already, it was at least some official way of rewarding experience outside of combat. They said like, hey, you know, here's a guide for skill challenges and social situations, maybe how much experience you should reward for those. Here's a guide for if players bypass monsters and how you handle that if they then go back and fight those monsters or, you know, just yeah, some kind think- of tips for doing that. And, and then here's a guide for if you want to set up your own little quest system, which I, we, you know, I always like doing ever since... I think we first started doing D&D. I started doing a little, like, a, a journal-type quest log. Oh, and then yeah. in Princes, that's when I turned those quests into, like, actual, hey, you got experience for completing these quests. And it's too bad there's just not an official system for that, because I would be interested to know, like, what the numbers would look like and what the pacing would look like. I know a big complaint in Tomb, because my wife tells me this all the time, is that we leveled up way too slowly, which I definitely get that, because we spent... Uh, two years, and we made it to level 11, <laughs> which oh, is right. pretty yeah. damn slow. Uh, I mean, Ak Inc. is probably the, the leader of slow leveling because they've been playing for like eight years, and they're level nine or something. But Yeah, but they play every... They play like months. three times a, a year, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're playing once a week, yeah. So ours was extreme on that extreme, and that was definitely too slow a pacing. That was just that campaign, and I had not necessarily paced that out very well, which is interesting because had we done normal leveling in that campaign, I think we would have vastly over-leveled for all of the content. Right. And I don't know how it would have been, how you're supposed to even run that Tomb of Annihilation campaign and in regular experience. I'd be fascinated to know how folks did that and what the level rate was in terms of how much encounters you're supposed to run while while hex-crawling through that jungle. It's pretty nuts. During the, the hex-crawl? And it's only, it's only supported for Tier 1. Like, once you reach, like, level 4 or 5, you're generally, like, out-leveled the entire jungle. Right. So that's why I was trying to keep you guys as low as po- you know, in that sweet tier one spot for as low as possible. But the caveat was you were in that, you know, low levels for like thirty or forty sessions or something ridiculous. Right. So I've learned my lesson there. I will say <laughs> as much. I I think milestone and obviously Chris, you did milestone for for your campaign, um, which yours is very linear and it feels like it, it goes very much like all right, you're. This level, here's your dungeon. Yeah. This level, here's your dungeon. <laughs> the, the, well, the the, the uh, arguments uh, against what what you were saying earlier uh, about it being arbitrary, like when when do we choose to level them up? You know, our, uh, in the milestone system, if you've got a structured campaign, you don't have to worry about that because it's up to you, and you just you just you know you you build the story however you want to build the story, which is what I'm doing now. Is like, all right, here's the set piece, here's the climax of the set piece, then they level up. Yeah, like that's 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 the hard line I'm drawing here. If you were doing anything even remotely open world, then you, you then you definitely get into those weeds of like, well, there's not this isn't really a you know an epic encounter. This isn't like a big set piece that's happened that's that's capped off a thing. They're not they haven't completed some quest, but it kind of feels like they've been at this level for a long time. Yeah, I think yes. there's uh, if you're playing like if we go to, to tombs, um, and it sort of plays into when we talked about travel recently, um. When you get past a certain level, like random encounters sort of become pointless because yeah. either mm-hmm. you have to throw something sort of proper boss level at a, a higher level party just to make the encounter worthwhile. Right. Um, like when you when you if you do that via XP, when you stop doing those encounters because you don't want to just throw four hundred bandits at someone just because that's what <laughs> they need to because of, because of their level. How you've then got to make sure that the encounters that they do have. Uh, there's enough XP for them there to level up, and as, as you're saying, if you've got a, a linear campaign, which most of the 
pre-made modules are pretty linear. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, even I, I, I'm running, running princes for, for two separate groups. Realistically, apart from the early levels, when you actually start getting into the, the cult proper, it's relatively linear. It's just which one of the four do you go to first? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Which I don't. I, I like, think that's a fine design for not to go too off off topic, but it, to to do fairly linear. But just if you give your players enough options at in, at certain intervals, then I feel like then they don't feel like they are being led along a path. You know, just give them some branching. Uh, choice and even if it's just a, a, a determination of like which ones do you want to tackle in what order like even that i think can give your players a lot of freedom like they're still making the choices absolutely yeah i, I don't think my my players would ever say they've been railroaded by anything in that campaign but yeah i i've known mostly where they're gonna go just by like what they're talking about and whereabouts they are on the map they, they tend to go well yeah that one's closest or and that's a tricky but, campaign because each of those, <laughs> that's what Chris was saying. Each of those dungeons is designed for a specific level, despite most of those dungeons being completely interconnected with one another, and very few of them stop a player from going from like a level six dungeon to a level nine dungeon, just by like sliding down a purple worm skeleton or something. My first party went to the fireplace hill. <laughs> went straight down into the fire temple and then straight down into the the fane of the eye. Oh damn! Uh, without visiting any of the other surface keeps or that. So from wow. my first campaign, I, I learned to um to put up a few walls. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I split the four temples up and blocked yeah. off all of the entrances to the fane until they're high level. But but they quickly realised that they were in a place that was probably not good for them and left and then went and did the rest of it. But yeah, they they came very close to mucking it up. Yeah, but. I think that that was yeah, it's part of the fun that once once you get into these places, you, you can have a explore. Um, but that that but that's think, a tricky one to milestone because do you just try to lead them? Because I think they're supposed to do all the surface ones first, then the temples, then the fane, so that, and then the nodes. Is that how it works? That's basically how I've structured the second group. I've I've blocked off the. Uh, the fane of the eye until they get um till they've done all four temples i let them do the, the okay. four surfaces in any order that they wanted because you know really there's there's not a huge difference between them yeah and um when you like when you compare them i mean the temples there's a three level gap between the temples yeah. and it's like i think eight to eleven mm-hmm. they're not hugely hugely different really an 8th level character to an 11th level character relatively easy to tweak the balance that you know if they go to the 8th level one last you can make it a bit harder quite easily that's probably true to sort of like readdress it so if you keep them so you do the surfaces and then you do the temples and then you you do the fane it's relatively easy to 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 tweak those a bit because we i i gave them choice to go off and do all the side quests as well so they actually ended up being a couple levels higher when they start the temple and they should have been anyway because I, I thought but you know if you do half the side quest and give you a level you do the other half the side quest and give you a level i homebrewed a, an entire section in the shadow fell to do the shadow dragon they gained three levels that they um that, like, that weren't part of the, the structure so i then had to go through and level everything up by a couple of levels but okay that that it's not it's not hugely difficult um especially when you've got the structure there already 
at the the Earth Temple, wherever they had a a regular um, bandit, I just up to them to a to a monk, and wherever they had a monk, I up them to a guard. So it was, you know, the, 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 everything just scales. It's the Skyrim. Yeah. It's the it's right. the it's the Skyrim leveling. Like the world levels up with you. <laughs> yeah, so you go into a. Uh, a crypt and it's all drag or overlords exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're bringing weapons they're bringing semi-automatics it just, just keeps on escalating from there we uh so we we did not do milestone experience when we did princes and i i remember i didn't change much leveling either um we straight up skipped an entire dungeon at the end uh i want to say it was the fire temple i think I don't know if you remember, Chris, but... Um, I don't. Um, and then another one we just ran through just to get from, like, one area to another and did only, like, a couple rooms. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I'm, so based on that, I know that doing non-Milestone meant we definitely over-leveled because we were the correct level going into the final dungeon, which was the Fire Node. But I know specifically we straight-up skipped an entire... I believe it was the Fire Temple... Because once they access the... I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the difference is between the Fire Node and the Fire Temple, so probably we skipped one of those. Yeah, so the surface ones are the... Whatever you want to call them. The, the, like the monk place for... By the way, spoilers for Prince of the Apocalypse. <laughs> um, like, and the, the tower for the air guys. And then the temples, they all have their like themed dungeons, basically. Right. That you get to. And then there, there's the fane which is kind of the, the caves that connect them all. And then down beneath are the really like elemental ass dungeons that actually have like the portals in there. And those okay. you have to do, I believe all four of those. If you want to save the world, then yeah. If you, <laughs> you, you want to save the world. Portals. <laughs> yeah, you got to shut the portals down. Um, so those you have to do, but technically the temples, you can skip some of them because the bosses move around according to the order of the of the events like the first time that you reach uh the fane or the first time you fight a boss it's at some point one of the bosses moves out of their dungeon goes somewhere else and then the very last one moves out of the dungeon to go into the very final node so that obviously they're there for the final confrontation and it just so happens where you right. can easily skip one of the dungeons and because we were doing not milestone maybe that freed me up to not force the players to necessarily i mean not not force but just didn't feel like it was necessary to go through that dungeon. Now, what I probably should have done, in hindsight, is uh, is done more content and scaled everything up more to higher levels. Because I think knowing that all the I just didn't know at the time that like all the D and D campaigns ended like right around that same yeah. uh, era, and it would have been more interesting. And I will say, as a tease for our uh, next campaign, is I it, it is one of those campaigns that straight up does the usual like one to eleven thing. I am going to be hacking together and adding a lot of content specifically to the middle of the campaign and then upscaling the last areas of the campaign and try to end things closer to like 14 or 15. But still doing Milestone because it just seems like the way to go now. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I don't, I feel bad because it feels like it do, it takes away from the players to give peace of mind to the DM and make things easier for the DM to plan around. And as a player, I know getting experience is fun. I mean, any video game, like I said, is really fun. And I think in RPGs, it's still really fun. Um, and I think you have to, <laughs> although I've already warned us about this, 
you have to be able, if you're doing milestone, you have to be able to dole out those levels at a decent pace. And decent pace is obviously going to mean different things to players and to DMs. Because <laughs> right. that power creep is a real thing. And, and you know, most DMs are going to have content prepared at each different uh, level. And you're going to look at your stuff going, gosh, these players just, you know, this area they spent more sessions at than I expected. They went through a lot. They're going to expect a level up here. But I have this whole other area that I didn't want them to advance too much. And that's a bigger deal in the lower levels. Like Sam was mentioning, maybe the difference between 8 and 11 isn't that big. But the difference between like 3 and 5 is astronomical. And that can be huge in terms of prepping that stuff out. So that's always something that's hard to plan, I think. Yeah, I think I'm running through that yeah. challenge right now because I'm running two open world campaigns, uh, uh, Curse of Strahd and Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So it's tough to know when to level them up, but then, you know, like Rhyme, they're going to a place where it's like, okay, you, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't level you guys up this much. <laughs> Uh, whereas Strahd, they're they're starting to get pretty powerful. I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute. We still got a few places that you guys need to check out. Yeah, Rhyme. without spoiling anything on Rhyme, because obviously we're running that next. Um, that that one at least does have some notes. So it does start off kind of open worldy, but it does say on there like, hey, after the players do this many quests, uh, they reach this level, and then after they re- after they do this many quests, they reach this level. Which that one is a pretty good indicator of like, okay. At that point, we're kind of giving them XP for quests. And it just so happens that, like, the things they do along the way aren't going to give you XP. It's just completing the quest is, like, checking. It's almost like checking a box. And then once you check off, like, three boxes, then you've leveled up. And then for the next level up, once you check off another three boxes, then you're leveling up again. And then at some point in Rhyme, you basically, it just kind of converts into, like, chapter-by-chapter mode. (laughs) But part of the hack I'll be doing is not necessarily going into that that quickly and instead going back to the okay here's some things you have to accomplish and once you and still give the players like you can choose the order in which you want to tackle these things and in some cases that could determine that you might be a higher level for this area versus had you done this area first you might be a higher level for the other area which could be interesting strategy for the players to try to figure out in which case I don't know how much I would upscale I guess depends on the levels but that gives you more freedom for the players and still, uh, still stick to that milestone leveling. Does anybody want to go back from milestone? Has anybody not liked milestone experience? Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I played one campaign where we the DM stuck strictly to XP. Oh, written in the I can book. see a creepy shadow of my wife raising her hand in the background. <laughs> she likes the XPs. <laughs> yeah, we we played one one game that was XP by the book. Um we played Fandelver. Um and we actually ended up not reaching I, I think you're supposed to get to level five. We ended up not mm. reaching it. Um because even though we did most like all the encounters that we found, we, we missed a couple of side quests that I know from playing it before. Go outside um, but yeah we, we get some fights we wolves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, because he ran it all by the book, so we didn't do those quests, we didn't find anything else, and then we went into the final boss at level 4, and we we still won, but it felt a bit like, especially knowing that the campaign was supposed to go to 5, and our characters didn't get the cool stuff that you get at level 5, it was mm. like, uh, if we'd done this as milestones, we actually would have ended up having 
more stuff to play with um, because you, you it would have made us level five to go into the boss. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, the the only time that I've actually experienced XP, it just didn't work very well. Um, certainly not as well as the same campaign that I played with Milestones. And we talked about this on travel uh, last month, but using Milestone also really, really screws up random encounters. Like random encounters are already um, just. A, a huge time sink in tabletop RPGs. And usually the way they can be um, made pal- palatable by the players is that they're getting experience for it. So they're getting something for it. Even if it's just nothing else, they're getting experience. XP. If you're using Milestone, those random encounters don't give you shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might give you a little bit of loot, but you lose that sense of like, oh, well, at least we're, you know, we're not running around. You know, it's that it's a classic old, like, jrpg thing from the 90s where you're just like roaming around the same two pixels just getting into fights and getting experience like if you're using milestone that doesn't happen at all so instead all of those fights just become a slog now yeah you can use them to uh and i'm specifically talking about combat encounters like you can do like you know skill checks and things that are can be fun enjoyable just not a huge amount of time spent for it just mainly combat is you know always just takes a long time especially the higher level you go just the longer it's going to take and if you're not getting experience for that stuff, then what are those random encounters really doing that you can't just explain away? <laughs> you could almost just say, like, hey, you ran into a bunch of monsters, you fought, everybody takes this much damage <laughs> and expends a spell slot and then move on. Which feels weird, yeah. but, like, you're, you're just not getting experience for it. Yeah, I, but it's it's no loss to me. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of off topic, but I think random encounters are bullshit anyway. Um, yeah. Because I, 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 this is a little off topic, but at its heart, D&D is group storytelling. And, I, and I'm putting the emphasis on the, on the word storytelling, because mm-hmm. if you imagine any of your favorite stories, you're telling a story, any of your favorite stories, like... They, they are not comprised of a series of random fights <laughs> where wolves that have nothing to do with anything just come out of the woods. Like, I mean, and, and so, so certain, you know, great stories do have like random, you know, combat things that happen. Like, uh, well, okay, what hob- about, what the, about, Hobbit, you get attacked by, by, by spiders. Like that's a random encounter, right? And the Mandalorian, they got the ice spider, that ice spider episode. That right. feels pretty random encountery. <laughs> But that's a whole se- that's a whole sequence. That's that's like a quest right there. That's that's a quest sequence. A random encounter would be if, as like after they get out of the the ice spider cave, they land and there's just some random ice bandits who start shooting at them. <laughs> that mean, would be a random encounter. Mando is just a series of not very well linked quests. Anyway. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's very true. That's very true. It is a I love it, quests. but the, yeah. the overall arc is a bit disjointed <laughs> yeah that's that's your problem with your open world storytelling right there <laughs> yeah yeah you just end but up doing so, a bunch so of fuck all that's the problem with, with that sort of like like random quest-based storytelling anyway but random encounters are just are just 10 times worse than that it's just a, a, a bigger scale version of that where it's like okay now there's not even a story associated with this thing that's happening now yeah. there's not now you don't this time you don't even have a little frog lady with her with her frog eggs that you got to protect yeah now it's just just a totally random, you know, creature out in the, the Arctic that's going to run out, run at you and try to kill you. I mean, and that's, this is a very different topic for traveling stuff, but you, if you take away the rest, then it becomes a dungeon crawl. 
and then it becomes you and, and you've done this too chris uh, uh, during our current campaign where you have quote unquote an encounter outside of the dungeon and it just ends up almost being a part of the dungeon it's like oh well you're not going to rest between now and the dungeon sure. this is just to soften up your resources yeah. yeah yep and that i can see as being useful but only if you're obviously not allowing your players to just immediately long rest and recharge because if you yeah. are then it becomes really pointless to get that's to do those that's encounters. very true but I'm, I'm also not i mean mechanically it's a good that's a good argument but i'm thinking more like thematically like for me like in in the current campaign it would be like if if you guys were attacked by like beholders in the middle of the night like that has nothing to do with what's going on in the story yeah like who the fuck cares what you know some random beholders are doing right if you're gonna have a random encounter, have it at least be part of the yeah, story. Yeah, and yours have all telling. been like directly linked to like either the area or the overarching story. Right. So that's, or at least have it be like a you know, make it a, make it a mini quest. Like, oh hey, you know, your folks were in a village, and at that point, it's not the problem. Is at that point, it's not random anymore. Now it's a DM constructed yeah. thing. <laughs> but like, you're in a village one night, and they're like, oh, you know, those fucking bear attacks. They've got all our cows. Well, the next day, maybe there's a random encounter with bears. You yeah. know, it's at least like set it up a or bit. Plot man. twist, the like, cows the... killed the bears. That's right. Now you have to deal with That's exactly cows. What we Exactly what we ended up saying with the travel, <laughs> wasn't it? That if, if you're doing random encounters, they need to have a point. Yeah. So, yeah the challenge that, that... I have with that is if you're, if you're just doing the quests, what ends up happening is, and the, and the quests, you know, like... Um, uh, for some of these, especially the, the the lower levels, you do a quest, boom, you move up a level. You do another quest or two, boom, you move up a level. I mean, you level up from one to five, you go pretty quick. And it's almost every game or every second game you're moving up a level. Unless and... you're playing in my Tomb of Annihilation campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. That's uh, Maybe it's just me, but that's uh, I just feel like it, it goes so quick, those, those lower levels. And they're, and they're so squishy. They're fun to play with when, when you're a DM. That's very, uh, yeah, I mean, a, sure. a lot of D&D is built around and supported for those low levels, though. Uh, and and that's, yeah. I, I cite as evidence, all of Wizards 5e adventures that go from like 1 to 10. Like a good chunk of those campaigns are for those squishy, like low levels. That, Feels like mechanically, it's kind of built to, to usher you through those early levels pretty quickly. Yeah. So it, 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 you do kind of get in that situation. It's like, well, you know, do we want to just stretch? Like, if you're doing milestone, do I want to just stretch this out? Yeah. Like, you know, do like five quests before I let you level up. You yeah. know, something like that. Um, even if the experience that you would have gained w- that didn't wouldn't have really, you know, equated to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Or do you, or do you just or do you just let them level up to you know whatever and then just start a new campaign at some point? Like, all right, you guys have uh, outpaced me. Time time for new characters. Yeah, and and like. You know, for milestone leveling and for tomb, like you guys straight up at one point said, Oh, we don't have to go to this dungeon, we have it on our map already. And I thought, Oh shit, I guess I did mention you only have to like map it out, not go there. And I wanted I wanted them to go there. And then I thought, Well, fuck, we've spent enough time in the jungle. We've got I've got a lot of content planned. You know, we're just doing milestone, so it's not like they, you know, feel like they need to get over here to get a bunch of experience or something. So we just dropped that. That was an Angalore. We just dropped that whole area, the Hanging Gardens area. And I didn't feel bad about that one. I mean, it was sucks to never use that map because it was a cool map, but, um, you know, with Milestone, it was just... I I felt like I had enough content for each level sure. by far. And, I, and that, that kind of comes back to something we were talking about earlier about, like, pairs just being able to ignore things. But if it's, if it's in the role-playing thing, like, how bad can you feel about that? Like, for example, the second 
area of this current campaign, the, the, the woods. There's a bunch of stuff that you guys came across, but you're like, but this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're here to do. Mm. So we're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kevin's going to open a door and see a bunch of spiders and be like, why would I go in there? No, close the door. <laughs> Doors full of spiders. I'm not going in there. <laughs> Like and you know and and i don't know if the psychology of a player if they were getting xp oh, would, they, yeah. would they want to you know do everything but i don't feel like they need to like if you if if your characters really do feel like you know we're here to do a you know we're on a mission and a room full of spiders is not conducive to that mission <laughs> i don't know dude some groups would probably treat it more like a hack and slash action rpg and be like we're gonna fight everything, everything especially yeah. if you're getting experience for that stuff yeah, like we're gonna take everything down and see if it's got some loot in there. And some folks maybe not. Like I think we understand how. Especially again, this is very much like we're at that high level too, where it's like our combats all have to like be meaningful and be these epic, like huge encounters. Now at this point, mm-hmm. otherwise they're just kind of a eh. We're not gonna mess around with it. <laughs> <laughs> Which it'll be interesting going back to those low levels to see if we can be trained to <laughs> right. go back to where combat maybe doesn't take that long and can be kind of grueling yeah. uh, just because not because of the high damage just because everybody's so squishy yeah i think um i think i'm definitely pretty married to milestones at this point um and i with that being said i have learned that i need to be better at pacing the milestone leveling yeah, I think that's that's kind of the thing is that when you when you take on milestones, you're taking all the responsibility on yourself as the DM. Yeah, you're not you're not letting the game answer the question for you. Now it's on your back to answer the question. And I think some DMs, when they do milestone, they actually like keep track of the experience the players are earning and try to calculate like, OK, here's you know, at this point, they've earned this much experience. So I need to like level them up somewhere around here. I never did that in my game. I I didn't keep track of experience at all. And I just had like, okay, here's where I want them to level up. Here's where I want them to level up. And sure enough, it felt like in those levels, especially, you know, you guys were low levels for quite a while. Right. So I think I'm going to try to do a better job of maybe trying to track it, but also not trying to stack too much in those low levels. And thankfully in the case of Rhyme, they give you a lot of content and it's more about DMs like picking and choosing which ones you want to use. And then you throw it to the players, and hopefully the players realize they can kind of pick and choose what they want to do for a while, right. knowing that, you know, it's just whatever, basically whatever you content you want to experience, knowing you're not really gaining <laughs> literal mechanical experience for this, but you will be getting, you know, checkboxes that the DM is ticking off, and you'll be leveling up accordingly. Uh, let's do final thoughts for our experience topic. Sam, what are your final thoughts on using experience in D&D? Um, I like uh, milestones. I have always done milestones in my campaigns, uh, apart from the one where we did XP and it didn't really work. So I will be sticking to milestones and uh, just hoping that we get the pacing right. Yeah. Uh, Farty, experience. Uh, I'm the same. Uh, I'll I'll stick to milestone. Um, I think it's something i'm comfortable with i'm i don't like tracking stuff so um, <laughs> it's probably the easiest i'm with you there i i used to track so much crap and now we, I, I dropped like everything into like there was so many rules about like rations and navigation <laughs> and holy shit i just dropped all that so quick i was like this is just this is gonna be fine without having to worry about all that chris experience 
I fall in the same camp. I, I, I don't dislike XP as numbers. Um, I just think that because of the way so many campaigns and so the way so many DMs run their campaigns, if you do do XP as numbers, you find yourself cheating anyway. You find yourself yeah. just giving them a certain amount of XP for a quest. That that, that did happen in Storms. The... We forgot to mention oh, that. Yes. But in Storms, you were very much the Storm Kings. I, I just fucking cheated. Yeah, it's... it was like, all right, you guys turned in this quest and you gained as much experience as you need to get to level four. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Milestone. <laughs> yep, that's right. So and I, it's like we were talking about before, that what you said, it's, it's just milestone with extra steps. Yeah. And that's I think that's what a lot of people who use XP as numbers come to it at a certain point it's like well i'm giving them this amount of xp for for combat i'm giving this amount of xp for exploration or quests i'm just doing milestones with extra steps because i'm making the decision so just yeah. do milestones make the decision and move on yeah i i will say i would love to i'd love to hear from folks who use experience and i would love to hear um Maybe what kind of extra rules they have for that? Oh, I, I want the the XP number purists to come at us. Yeah, just, for just sure. Come at, us come, come at me and explain. You know what your crunchy system is for rewarding experience. If you do, you know, expanding on skill check completions or quests or whatever else, I would love to know that. Um, not that I would use it, but I would love to be able to look at it and and figure out what the pacing is like and all that. Um, I, I think for now, for our next campaign, I definitely, I don't think I ever considered going back out from Milestone, but I do know that we were low level way too long in Tomb. That was partly because of the way Tomb was structured. Um, and I will be fixing that, so there will not be that big long stretch of like 10 sessions at level 4, whatever it was at one point. I think we're literally like 9 or 10 sessions for each level, which definitely felt way too long, so... Um, and I plan on, in other words, I will say this, I think Rhyme will be as long or shorter than Tomb, and I plan on getting you guys to a higher level by the end, significantly higher level, which is all partly what I'm going to have to hack together because stupid wizards does not apparently support tier three and tier four play, which that can be another topic for another round table, <laughs> which would be a good topic for Chris to come in again. Cause obviously yeah. we have a lot of experience doing that now in our current campaign. So thank you to Sam Farty and special guest Chris for joining me for this month's DM Roundtable. I am Eric. Hope to see you all again for next month's DM Roundtable discussion. You got to go to your bye thing, Chris. Oh, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>